Welcome to the episode 5, Digital Bromance, Matt and Zach. With Back, a again. Song. Back again. I hope that was not too loud. I hope your ears are okay. I'm sure they are. How are you, Matt? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good as usual. How are you? I I'll am tell you how you are. Okay. You're grumpy today, Zach, <laughs> you? I've been told, so I've been told. Ah. So I've been told. Yeah. I've been on a wee call the last uh, 20 odd minutes, <laughs> and uh, he's very grumpy today, ladies and gentlemen. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. I re- reject that statement. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. What have you prepared for us, Matthew? What have I prepared? I've prepared nothing because I come <laughs> underprepared as usual. And I just wing it, you know? So we're going to wing it today. Oh my God, man. We're not going to wing it. I, have I feel, I feel sorry for you guys. I feel genuinely sorry for you. Why? Because they have to listen to your <laughs> grumpy voice. So it is. <laughs> that is what it is. <laughs> right, okay. So what have I prepared today? We'll just pretend nothing, right? Mm-hmm. We'll go for the, we'll go for the, the the great start off as we usually do. <laughs> you ready, Zach? Well, I did not have breakfast. If that's oh, what you want. God, God damn it! I was, I, you're you're underprepared here, no? Underprepared in terms of breakfast. Without breakfast, mate. Without breakfast. Okay, well, I'll tell you what I had for breakfast. Go for it. Reese's pieces. Mm. Reese's Pieces. Reese's Peanut Butter Cupcake Things. I have had a glass of water. And uh, <laughs> and that's what it is. That that might be the reason why I'm grumpy, though. Uh, that water it does that to you sometimes, doesn't it? Water definitely does that. Way. Water definitely does that. No Coca-Cola. <laughs> I need my Coke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay business yeah one thing in my mind recently that i was uh thinking a lot about because basically it kept popping up on my youtube adverts and it was uh this guy i don't know if you've seen him he sits there and he goes hey guys welcome back no, I didn't say welcome back. He goes, hey, guys, just give me two hours and I'll explain to you. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Yeah. Just give me yeah. 30 seconds and I'll tell you yeah. how one of my friends made $250,000 in one month <laughs> using drop shipping. You know the guy? I'm pretty sure I know the guy. Is he the one in the... That's the one I was talking about in the previous episode. He's the one sitting in the garage. And yeah, there's, yeah. And there's like a Lambo behind him. Oh, or... oh, so that's who you're talking about. I, I thought you were talking about Tyler. Yep. Right? Okay, yep. okay. Yeah, maybe that guy. Maybe that guy. It's probably that guy, yeah. Yeah. Basically, he pisses me off, if I'm honest. He pisses <laughs> me off. Because what he does is he reminds me of a time when um, uh, I tried drop shipping. You know? Okay. I tried it. Wasn't wasn't too successful. Okay. Yeah. What about yourself? You tried a wee bit of drop shipping? Yeah. Moment of truth. <laughs> Maybe I know. I've tried some drop shipping in your thing. I think you should. <laughs> uh, just, just in case people don't really know what we're talking about when it comes to drop shipping. Maybe you should introduce it a little bit, like in lay, layman's, layman's, layman's terms. Layman's terms. What drop shipping is all about, because well, not everyone is familiar. Well, what my experience of drop shipping is. Matt, everyone can hear you type, so. <laughs> What I'm, what I'm, what my experience what, of drop what shipping. What my and Google's experience. So, so my experience is drop shipping is a supply chain management method <laughs> in which the retailer does not keep goods in stock, but instead transfers the customer orders and shipment details to either the manufacturer, another retailer, or a wholesaler, who then ships the goods directly to the customer. How the hell is that in layman's terms? So yeah, what I did. Was I was just basically the middleman, so I created a, a fake website. What do you mean by fake website? Was that not a real website? Uh, okay, well it didn't feel real. <laughs> it didn't feel real. Okay, I felt. Well, bit, there you go. There's your fail. I, I felt a bit uh, scammy, if I'm honest. It's basically just repackaging, isn't it? Oh my god, this is this is gonna. I hope none of our clients are listening to this. Like, I've built a fake website. <laughs> I was trying to make it. Right, you know what, Zach? You know what, Zach? I'm done. Right. I'm done. 
Number one. <laughs> you tell him what drops up in his right? As Matt just dropped his headphones, so he doesn't really know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, you guys, dropshipping, basically what it is, is that you build a store. Most of people do it on Shopify. Well, you're back, bitch. <laughs> what? Oh, welcome back. I'm, I was just explaining to the guys what dropshipping is. Um, so oh, I have no understand. idea what dropshipping is. Can you tell me? <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know that you um, So you build a store. Most people do it on Shopify. And you resell something, something that you don't have to stock. So basically, you choose a product. Most people do it through AliExpress, uh, which is a you know, delivery website. And when a customer fills an order with you, you then fill the customer's address into AliExpress one, and they send the product to him, meaning that you don't have to stock anything. You don't have to physically go to the post office and send anything. You just get the margin that you've put on the item. So maybe you're selling bracelets, and the bracelet is nine ninety nine, but on AliExpress it costs one dollar. So the margin is you know eight ninety nine. That's pretty much what it is. Uh, a lot of people were actually successful with it. I would say a couple of years ago, that's where not that many people are doing it. Where it went, and nowadays because of YouTube and because of all these people that Matt mentioned at the beginning. They are trying to sell techniques how to build a successful uh, dropshipping store. The dropshipping community is too big and it's a bit difficult, in my opinion, to make money off of it. Definitely no. Definitely no. It's uh, past the time. One of of the techniques that always gets brought up is the, you know, choosing a niche, choosing Mm -hmm. a specific set. So what, what was it you did again? So say again. What was it that you did again? Because I know you did it in the past. Yeah, so I've done I've done a few items, um, mostly small items. So I've done bracelets. Okay. Uh, I've tried watches, but that didn't really go too well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it is. I wanted to try mugs as well. Oh, mug life. Mug life. Hashtag mug life. <laughs> we hope you're listening. Uh, basically, the, the way I've approached it, right, was I have looked at seasonal presents. Mm-hmm. So whether that was Easter, Valentine's, you know, Christmas, I would have tried to build a store that was specifically targeted at a given holiday season. And that was the way I marketed the product. So I obviously marketed through Facebook ads because that's what we do. And yeah. Um, the bracelets went pretty well. Like I've I've made some money. It just didn't really feel like a like a business venture that I want to pursue because it wasn't well. It wasn't making that much money. Let let that be let that be said. Um, second of all, it just didn't feel like something I want to pursue. I, I think it's a bit difficult to build a business um, on top on top of that technique and. You kind of want to make something that's your own, if you know what I mean. You don't want to just be a middleman. That that might be just me. That might be just me. But um, I didn't feel too well being just a middleman and not really in charge of anything. Fair enough. That is you, Zach. Can never be the middleman. Can never be the middleman. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, well, that is uh, your introduction on dropshipping, getting the, the juices warmed. Getting the podcast going. <laughs> the juice is getting, getting Zach a bit happier. A bit happier. <laughs> a, bit, a bit happier thinking about the times that I failed the Shopify store. But let's, you know, all the fails. No, it wasn't a failure. From, it was a learning experience. It was. I did not lose any money. Let that be said. I did not lose any money you on it. You didn't lose any money? I, I did not. You made any money? I made some profit, yes. Okay. How much? Just, just no, I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, fair enough, you don't remember. It's a classic answer. It was a few hundred. It was a few hundred pounds and, and I put in maybe eighty. Okay. And I've made maybe seven, eight hundred. Yeah. See the only uh the only successful business venture in that kind of uh area with me was as you know the 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 lucky scenario that came across myself and my old flatmate when uh 
my other old flatmate basically worked in a bike shop and the bike shop closed down and the owner basically gave him all the stock. So what we had in our flat for a good four or five months was uh, all the bike, the base a bike shop, <laughs> just scattered around <coughs> around the house. So sat yeah, there for not? about four or five months, and before we moved out, me and my flatmate were like, "He can't be bothered selling that, can he? He's too lazy to sell it. <laughs> so how about we take it off him?" So they took it off him. And to our surprise, he gave us an astoundingly low price for how much there was. <laughs> now, what came after that was a very, very fucking tedious process, right? Very, very long of sitting in a garage and taking photos of about maybe 300 items, trying to sell <laughs> kids, kids' white tires and stuff. Anyway, all in all, it was a successful process. Got me warmed up for the business life and... That's are. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, you made you made good good profit on that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, doesn't. Yeah. but that was all down to uh, our flatmate Reese. Shout out to Reese. Thank you very much, Reese. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> when it came... <laughs> you're famous now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> quit quit your job, um, or whatever you're doing, and just just jump on that fame wave. That's, That's what it is. It's a good life, man. It's a good life. My very first business venture. I feel like I should I should brought up something that Gary V would do. You know, like he was fl- selling lemonade and and flipping was yeah, it baseball yeah. cards. When yeah, he was you find like coins in the two years and old sell them for hundred pounds each. Or whatever. Yeah, I oh, know what you're in shape. So I <laughs> I I had a little business when I was very very young. Okay. Um, I must have been either 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. Um, not too young, not too young. You know, um, a little teenage Zach. Mm-hmm. And internet just came about. And this is this is so... What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> this is so today, right? If okay. there was no internet, I would not make that little business venture when I was 14. Mm-hmm. So internet literally for me personally opened up the gate of entrepreneurship and, you know, how to make money without really being employed by someone. Yeah. So basically what we did, one of my friends, um, his family just got internet. They got broadband. Uh, They were one of the first families in Prague Mm -hmm. that got internet at the time. And um, he realized that he can actually download music. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, steel music. <laughs> okay. Right? Uh, so you can download torrents and stuff and, you know, different albums. So when we've learned this, that you can download music for, for free, quote unquote, we then went around our classroom and we asked our classmates, you know, is there any music that you would like us to download for you? And funnily enough, so many people were, yeah, like, I would love to have this album or I would love to have that album, you know, but I'm broke. Can't really buy the actual physical CD because, you know, yeah. maybe the CD was 15 pounds, right? Or 20 pounds. Yeah. Um, so we're like, you know what? We'll, we'll get it for you <laughs> <laughs> for like 250 or three pounds, right? And um, we made this little system where my locker at school its lock was broken. Mm-hmm. So I would always keep it open. I had no valuables in it, right? And people would drop uh, papers. So people would drop a paper with the album or albums that they wanted, <laughs> right? Okay. M- me and my friend would pick it up at the end of the day. You know, maybe we had three, four, five uh, orders, if you will. <laughs> we, then went, we then went to his place. We searched the music. We downloaded the music. We burned it onto CDs. Uh, okay. Um, we brought it back to school. However, teachers hated it. They, the, the minute they realized that we're actually selling something mm-hmm. at school, they were like, no, you can't do that. This is school. This is not a market. So we had to keep it within that locker. So people would drop the, the order. We would then bring the CD the next day. We would put it back onto the shelf in the locker. 
and people would then leave money and just basically take the CD. A lot of trust, right? A lot of trust there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people would leave money on the shelf and take the CD, but it was working, man. And we made shit ton of money. Like, yeah, we made so much money at that point. And um, are you having a little visit, man? <laughs> Apparently so. I mean, the neighbors really are busy. Right the neighbors are busy. I don't really right. know why to just call a stop to this whole thing. Go tell them to shut up. Or, uh... Nah. Um, yeah, so Excuse like... me, guys. We're recording a podcast here. <laughs> and that seemed to work. That seemed to work. <laughs> that seemed to work. So, for the age of 14. It was a pretty successful venture. It only lasted for three months or so because then everybody got brought back. Yeah. And um, the market died. But... <laughs> no, the earliest, the earliest business venture that I can remember was probably around... I can't tell exactly what age it was, but I was in my first house, so I must have been maybe six or seven. Mm-hmm. And what I did was I lived in this kind of... this enclosed area... It was enclosed, but it was also, like, in the middle of, like, an area. I don't know how to describe it. There was a gate, and there was about seven houses, seven right. bungalows and houses in it. And, uh, and then, like, a little communal garden in the in the middle that they all met onto. Uh, and what I'd do is I'd go into my mum's shed, well, our shed, which contained my mum's garden and stuff. <laughs> and I'd take the little weed, weed hook thing, mm-hmm. so to, to take away weeds. And then I'd get the, the shears, like the garden, mm-hmm. scythe, whatever you fucking call it, I don't know. Anyway, um, and I'd some doors, and I'd basically offer to tidy up the, the edges of their little grass patch. <laughs> and uh, I'd de-weed the, the what's it called, the, the pathway to the house so it mm-hmm. was all nice and clean. Now, I didn't have my, you know, my, my market value, you know, too set at that time. I wasn't too... I wasn't too smart on the the pricing end of things. <laughs> did I mean, you did this, you work for candy? Uh, I, I was maybe like a pound or two. Depending depending on how nice they were. <laughs> but you know, I got I got the labor the labor work life early. Well, the hustle is real. Why didn't you scale it up? You should have employed the neighborhood kids. The neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> I got too carried away. Yeah, got, became, got too carried away with making uh, potions and, and barrels and so on. It should have you know, became, life. you know, you need to be the business owner. Business <laughs> owner. Uh, no, that's good, man. That's good. That's good. I did nothing when I was six years old. <laughs> no, At least I can't remember. Yeah. Well, oh, well, there you go with the first business ventures. Yeah. How, yeah. how it all started. How it all started. To get into the timeline. Exactly. Now, now, I've got a question for you, Zach. Go for it. Um, now, how do you want to do this? <laughs> Alright? Mm-hmm. Just going to throw it out to you. How do you want to do it? Alright? Now, there's one thing I want to talk about. There's two things I want to talk about. It's just in what order, right? One's more of a topical conversation. No, not topical. Just a conversation type thing. Where we can just keep doing this chatty stuff. Or we can just go on to another thing, which is a bit more informative. Okay. What do you want to do? You want to keep the, the, the conversation going? You want to hack down on the, the info? What do you want to do? I want to provide some value, bro. Oh, good good answer, good answer. Right, okay, so what we're going to do then is we're going to look at the five social media marketing trends that are going to be dominating 2019. Okay, that sounds okay. good. Yeah, sound good to you? Sounds good to me. Okay. So here's a here's a wee list, right? Um we can just start from let's start from five and we'll go to one. Mm-hmm. You know? Just just to be wacky. Just to be fun. So <laughs> number five, right? Timeliness. Hmm. That is gonna be the next thing. So basically it's the it's the feeling of interaction, you know? The twenty four seven support of all businesses the engagement with all the customers, mm-hmm. you know. So, how how important do you think for for businesses right now is it to be you know keeping up engagement twenty four seven, to be answering to every comment, to be you know starting the conversation between other businesses and other uh, social media users. 
Extremely important. Extremely important. Good answer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of a scenario where that isn't important. And yep. I don't really believe there is one. At least none comes to mind. Um, See, the thing that I... I'm always a bit unsure about with that is, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you're managing the socials for... Okay, so in Scotland, we have a privatised uh, transport system. Mm-hmm. And it's awful. And things are always late. And there's a lot of people complaining. All the time. Oh, Zach, you got you got a visitor now? Yeah, it's, got, uh, it seems like it. The hidden whistler. I've got the hidden whistlers. Can, can you shout at them, please, like I did? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm gonna choose the I'm gonna choose the polite way. The polite way, okay. <laughs> yeah, go um, on. Yeah, yeah. So if if you're imagining the socials of like let's say a Scotrail, right? Think about how many complaints come in every okay. single day. Okay. How 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 can you keep up with that? How how can you keep up with that many complaints? How can you engage with every customer and giving them you know? almost support on how terrible their journey was. Yeah, so that's that's a really good example. I think with the high volume profiles like that, where you're just getting an enormous number of messages, mm-hmm. you know, people commenting. Uh, there's, the, the, there's a certain middle ground, right? Yes, you might not be able to answer every single comment. Even though I'm I'm still up for trying that. I still think that a good social media management or community management um, will get to most of people. If it's if it's a thousand comments and they just keep flooding in, then I see the problem. But I highly doubt it's going to be a thousand comments. Um, I now, truth be told, I haven't had a look at Scott Rails' um, Facebook page, so. It might be much worse than I, than I realize, or than I can think of. But I still. Believe I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, put down Scott Rail or anything here. I mean, the travel is pretty late all the time, but you know, not discriminating or anything. <laughs> I had my own share. I had my own share. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think there's an excuse not to talk to people. You've made that decision. You know, you've made a decision of, you know, it's the 21st century. We are going to be on social media platforms. And then you made some sort of a strategy around that. You know, what are we going to do about, what are we going to do on those um, social media platforms? Are we going to be posting this kind of content or that kind of content? Are we going to be educating people? Are we going to be customer servicing people? What's, what's the deal there? So, being Scott Rail, being a service that's operating twenty four seven, kind of, um, and it serves people, and it serves a giant number of people on a daily basis. You cannot expect, I would say, that whatever problem comes your way, f- Facebook is going to be the first point of touch with people, because they're not going to call the you know they, they're not going to call the owner of Scott Rail and hey dude like. What's happening? Right? Sorry, they, exactly. They're just going to shut up in their frustration, um, and they're probably going to use Facebook for it or Twitter. And yeah, Twitter right. seems to be the main one for that. Yeah, of course it is, and um, it then is up to company how they handle that. You know, it's a little bit of PR coming in play. I I still think the company should try and do their best. Uh, when it comes to answering those people, I do understand that some people, you know, go for the rude comment or they just don't really want to have a conversation. They just want to, you know, attack you. Uh, okay. But your response matters in the eyes of other people. So that one user might not give a damn about what you reply to them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but other people see that. Totally. And and that's a and that's a big one in my books because if I see the brand replying to this person in a calm manner and acknowledging the mistake, if it was a mistake, 
and perhaps providing some sort of a recompensation, you know, every now and then, right? Uh-huh. I'm going to be pretty impressed, probably. You know, I'll be like, okay, well, you know, they fuck up every now and then, but it seems like they're really, really trying their best. And and I think that counts. So, so back to the original question, should there be the 24-7 round-the-clock um, community management? Yes. Simple answer, yes. Um, it is a bit more complicated than that. There needs to be a strategy put in place and how we're going to handle these things. Um, but yeah, basically, yes. Good question, though. I like it. Nice one, nice one. Okay, moving on to the next one. Something close to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Video content. Video content. And now, that's why we're is... doing podcasts. And <laughs> I <laughs> think... <laughs> um, we obviously both know the impact that video has over different formats of mm-hmm. um, content out on social media and so on. Like 80% of what we consume online will apparently soon be video content. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for a- us, apparently, apparently. Apparently, yeah, of course. <laughs> according to this uh, fact, factual information I have in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Um, why do you think video content is more appealing to people rather than, say, you know, just a straight up graphics or photo or whatever? Because yeah. it obviously takes more time to, to consume. Maybe, I mean, to me, partly that's part of the answer itself. It takes more time to consume. You learn a bit more about the company. You get told a story, perhaps, and it's more visually, you know, exciting. Yeah, it's com- Easy, like simple answer to that is it comes down to attention, right? Um, and the attention span is just going downhill. People, uh, how to say this without being rude in a way or, pat- or patronizing? No, I don't want to because I, I know <laughs> every single time when I feel certain of something, I go out and somebody proves me wrong. So I don't want to say that people don't read anymore or I don't want to say that, you know, people don't look at pictures anymore because they are obviously oh, 100%. Um, it's just that video can pack so much in itself within a short format if you will because mm-hmm. if you look at a video you're getting all the visual information right meaning location the presenter um, vibe of that set right um, you can talk but you can show different things um, for example, let's say that you're talking about ethical, um, I don't know, man, like you're talking about this new show that sells only vegan food, right? Mm-hmm. And as you're explaining to your potential customer how this shop came about and what it is about, you're also seeing the actual products in the video. So I think there's almost a crossover of information so it almost feels like in 25 seconds of a video, you're able to, you know, double, triple the, the uh, stream of information that you're providing to the, to the potential customer or buyer. Or, um, and I think it's a win-win situation for both parties because people feel like watching the video is much easier for them. It's easier for them to understand. And at the same time for... Um, the the other side. What is it that I'm trying to say? You know, for the seller or the owner of the business. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's better because you can you can come across as. You know, I'll give you information A, B, and C, and I'll marry it together in this one little cute video, um, and that way I feel confident that I've told you everything I want to tell you. And I feel confident that you will consume it. So, I, th- I don't know, man. Like, it's attention span mostly. Yeah, totally. Uh, we're, much, we're much more stimulated by watching a video than reading an article. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I am. Probably what it is. We can go deep, deep, deep down on almost like a psychological level of why video works better. But That's another podcast. And <laughs> long story short, it's it's attention span. Yeah, fair enough. Thank you, Guru Zek. On to the next one. 
personalization. Now we've oh, chatted that's, about that's, this. A, that's a big one for you, I think. Yeah, yeah, we've chatted about this on our last podcast. Was it one before? Uh, it, episode it was three the last or four. One. Right, okay. Yeah, it's a big, big one for me. Personalization. Um, when you look at social media and the amount that you're getting put in front of you, it's completely random to you, basically. Mm-hmm. It's mostly irrelevant unless you are so fine-tuned with what either you follow or what you're part of or whatever. But I know for a fact, me personally, I've I've liked pages on Facebook from when I was 12 or 13, right? And they're no longer those pages. Maybe it was just some, I don't know, it was maybe, oh, I can't even think of an example. Some some kind of little funny trend thing that people did mm-hmm. in Scotland or whatever. And it was a page that basically just said that, like, oh, when you do this. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do that. I'm going to like that, just so that everyone yeah, else sees course. that I did that too. And now when you find out and you go look at the, the pages that you actually like just now, it's either another kind of page on the same kind of, um, in the same sense of what it started out as, or it's just a straight-up business now. It's people that have just taken it, taken all the followers and stuff that they have and turned it into... A business, basically, so an 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 outlet for uh, putting their either their product or whatever it is out. But amongst all of that random content that you're getting put in front of you, for me personally, the only thing that grabs my attention is if it has any relevance to me. Mm-hmm. So if you're targeting me or whatever, or if you know that I'm a follower of your page because of the specific niche that you deal with then personalization towards that niche or towards your specific target audience is so, so key to drive engagement for it. And yeah, you, you know that, that that's a big, big one for me. Uh, it's, an, it's an interesting one when you were talking about the pages and they were something else. Mm-hmm. When you've liked them and they are something else now. Yeah. That's how social chain happened, man. Yeah. Like these these practices... Uh, helped to build multi-million dollar businesses and I don't think a lot of people realize that like social chain started on you know we have all these pages we were managing all these Facebook pages which means that we have access to this huge audience and whatever we put out we can engage that community so you know they used to do this thing that blew everybody's mind and that was uh, hacking the top of Twitter trending list. Mm-hmm. You know, they would literally put out, hey, everyone go like this. Um, and all these communities, all these different pages would bring the content or the hashtag or whatever that was at the time. They would bring it to the top of um, the trending. And that is crazy if you think about it. And a lot of, a lot of brands... Uh, because they might have a you know problem reaching the younger audience, they then went to social chain and the likes you know you know ad and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, can you help us promote this content? Can you help us get this content in front of you know young people's young people's eyes? Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was talking to the CEO of uh, the Hook Group, okay. and the Hook Group is is basically the same thing. Their main competitor is Unilad. Um, and they are approached by big film productions, so they have a they have a big deal with um, Lionsgate. And when Lionsgate was put in Jigsaw, the movie, right mm-hmm. into the cinema, they've approached the hook and said, "Hey, can you help us promote this movie so young people, um, you know, the Gen Z and millennials, go and see the movie?" And um, we're we're talking big, big, big businesses right mm-hmm. uh lionsgate is that's it's a huge. giant giant business and what hook did was they took the trailer they recut the trailer and what they believed will work on facebook and they've also produced this series of pranks where they took the little uh, puppet from jigsaw okay uh from the saw movies and they put it in the streets and they were scaring people with it right that went viral of course and they completely, completely crushed the campaign. So 
this goes so deep, man. The whole personalization thing, it goes so deep. And for me as a business owner and let's say an expert in the social media game, I look at all those businesses that, that took the opportunity of, of building a page, building a community, and they leverage the fuck out of it. Yeah. And build, build a proper, proper profitable business on top of it. So for me, that's interesting as hell. Um, but yeah. No, definitely. Okay. Number four. Another one we've talked about recently. Micro-influencers. 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 Not just the, you know, the big, the big dogs, mm-hmm. the main influencers, uh, micro-influencers, the ones with the, the 10Ks, the 40Ks, right. the 50Ks. Right. Um, you know, it definitely is going to become more and more popular because, well, in the last, what, two, three years, influencers were almost like, not starting to be used, but they're mainly being used. It was a it was a well known uh, technique of of getting yeah. your brand out there. Now, with the amount of people that are on Instagram, the amount of people that use it, it's not not easy, but it's relatively easy to build up an audience that's um, in the thousands. Uh, and when it comes to micro influencers. They have much more of a, a a business there, just because purely based on how many people are actually using Instagram now. Well, there's there's one reason, right, why micro influencers will be a big or are becoming a big thing, and that's because they're massively underpriced, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. You can literally, if you have a business mm-hmm. and you're in a certain niche, whatever that niche is, you can go on Instagram, search hashtags, mm-hmm. find a person that is in your niche and you can literally DM them, hey, so your Instagram profile, loving the work you do. Yeah. I have a little deal for you. How about I send you these products? You review them or you you know you make a few posts, whatever. Yeah. Um a lot of those people don't realize their price. Oh I and and they will they will go, you know, oh wow, like this brand actually approached me. They're about to send me free shit. Yeah, and all it takes is me posting a few pictures. Like that sounds great. Yeah. Um. So they're massively, massively underpriced. I think what's good about them is that, like, you know, the more the the more kind of followings uh, that people have in certain niche areas. So let's say this person has um, a lion appreciation Instagram, mm-hmm. right? And it's solely. Did you just say a lion appreciation? That is exactly what I said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a lion appreciation Instagram, where they just share pictures of lions, mm-hmm. lions running. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'd follow that. Um, and then here you are, a company, a very small company, that um, deals with selling lion bracelets. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that specific person that's working in that niche, you know that those people that are following that lion appreciation Instagram are truly into lions. <laughs> you <laughs> would be following don't. a lion appreciation Instagram page if you weren't into those lions, no? 100%. 100%. So when it comes to, you know, the business that sells the, the, the lion bracelets, there you have a person that is so detailed in the niche and, and has such a, a specific audience mm-hmm. that it makes it so much easier for you to get to your target audience. So when it comes into the micro-influencers, there's a lot more, in my mind anyway, there's a lot more people um, spread out in smaller niches. So it's much, much easier to hit your target audience if you find the right person. That's what it is. I mean, like here's a little tip, right? Uh-huh. If, if, if you're listening and you want to become an influencer, the easiest thing you can do is go and find a niche. Don't, don't be this broad, you know, I travel can I, can I influence because there's a lot of them yeah. and you're going to have a pretty hard time I travel I work out yeah exactly yeah. you're going to have a hard time <laughs> cutting through that buzz uh, that's been generated already but as Matt said you know if you are a lion appreciation page it sounds funny but it could totally work and now it's a good time to, to build your uh, you know to build your micro influence empire 
that could potentially grow into something bigger. And um, you're not just a micro-influencer anymore next year. But yeah, it's definitely what it is. It's about niche. Uh, there's still probably niches that people haven't really tapped into. Yeah. And um, it's an interesting market for sure. And And brands are taking advantage of it. And it's, again, right, this is a bubble that's about to burst. Mm-hmm. Um, this micro-influencer thing might last for a year. It might be two years. It might be a few months. But the minute influencers realize their price, the market will shift. So if you're thinking about this, if you're thinking about using micro-influencers or you're thinking about becoming one, it's about damn time. Matthew. Wait, sorry. <laughs> Don't know what happened there. Uh, have you disconnected for a second? Yeah, disconnected. Yeah. Ah, no worries, no worries. I got you. I was hoping you were just talking away and I'd come back <laughs> and you were still talking. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying that. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I finished. Did you finish what you were saying? I have finished, yes. Okay, right, we'll take it again. Okay, and now on to the last one. Social listening. Now, I know Social you talked to someone. Mm-hmm. I know you talked to someone about this uh, quite recently. Social listening is basically, you know, being the spectator of social media, snooping mm-hmm. around, seeing what people's problems are, mm-hmm. finding the people that are complaining about certain things, and then basically, either swooping in and providing them value and coming off as the person that um, knows their shit. Mm-hmm. Or just straight up going through them and being like, look, I can help you with your problem here. Because the thing with now is social media, there's so many people that, you know, uh, what's the word? Bitch about their problems to the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone needs to know how annoyed they are at this certain thing. You know, my, uh, I dropped the milk outside today and it burst all over my brand new shoes. Fuck the world, you know? Yeah. Right, that's different, okay? I'm talking about social media. <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone having problems with Facebook advertising, let's say they've, they've went to someone before and, you know, they need they need that conversion, they need that outlet of uh, of uh, bringing in the sales, basically. So they, they bitch about it online, they ask about, you know, does anyone know any of people that do this? Now, if you're sitting on your ass and you're not actually using any of this social listening strategy, then you have a a world of people out there that have so many problems that you can fix and you have no idea about it. Yeah, well said. I think there's two ways to think about this. Guruzak, back again. Guruzak, back at his <laughs> Um Let's say that you're a social media marketing agency. Mm-hmm. The chance is that that's the people we attract to these podcasts. Now... You have a certain, um, you have services that you offer to your clients, and um, that's how they see you. That's how they perce- perceive your agency. You know, you're a social media marketing agency. Now, does that sound sexy? It it might have in two thousand fucking fourteen. Yeah. Now, eh, does it? Uh, it not too sure because there's so many. Um, this again, it's this the comes space to, boy of the market world. Exactly. There comes to you know, it comes down to location, right? You might be you might be in a location where uh, you're a bit more lucky, you know, in terms of competition. Uh, we're in London, and we're in Glasgow. You know, those are two big big cities, and London especially. The saturation of the market when it comes to social media is huge. What I'm trying to say by this is that you might want to rethink the way that you approach people. So coming back to the original point that Matt has made at the beginning is basically listen to people's problems and solve the problems. Don't sell your social media marketing services. I'll elaborate on this. Let's say that somebody posts in a group on Facebook. Right. So let's say it's a group on Facebook called, you know, businesses helping businesses. Right. And it's full of these small business owners and they share problems. You know, they help each other. They comment on each other's posts. Uh, They're just trying to figure out. Right. 
how to run a good, successful, profitable business. The chances that most of them were pitched to by some kind of a social media marketing agency. Hey, do you need help with your social media? You know, we can run this for you, blah, 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 blah. Small business owners believe that they can do everything themselves. That's a staple of a small business owner. That's how they started the business. They did everything themselves, right? Meaning that when it comes to social media, when you start pitching management or community management, they go, well, I can do that myself, can't I? And it's a very difficult sell. However, if you approach it from a way of, we can help you sell much more, right? Or, you know, we can take you to another city where you haven't got a store yet. Think about approaching things from different angles. Don't be stuck up in selling your social media services because it's dumb. It's, it's hands down dumb. So this is when it comes to social listening, right? I took a little bit of a... Yeah, we, we did too, but you brought it back, right? Yeah, so let's say that you have a business, whatever the business is. And um, again, two ways about it. You can join different Facebook groups, for example, and just provide value to people. You know, somebody might post, um, let's say that you're an accountant, right? And you have your social media, uh, you just started running your social media. Somebody goes, oh man, you know, the, the tax man is coming. I am not too sure what to do. How do you guys fill this form? Can anyone help me? The, the chances that most of the other business owners will try and help in some way. But what happens if you as an accountant go to that group, you reply to that, and in your comment you provide so much value. You write, you write out the longest comment you've ever seen. You provide the extreme, extreme amount of value to that person. How do you think you're going to look like in the eyes of the other businesses that, that are on the platform? You're going to look like an expert, right? Now, what happens after that is that people will come to you. You don't necessarily have to come to people. Um, so social listening is important. It's a good marketing tool. You can jump into groups. You can help people. Don't sit, oh my God, don't go into groups and be like, hey, my name is Joshua and I'm offering... A, B, C, D, E, F services. Yeah. Feel free to call me. Oh, fuck that, right? Then you're selling to people. People people are allergic to that. You will most likely get kicked out of the group. Yeah, you no, won't provide value. For a second. As soon exactly. as you know what's happening, exactly. you don't look at it, you don't pay attention. Exactly. Provide value. You know, if you're an accountant, if you're going to use that example, create a PDF, you know, create a little guide of, you know, how to deal with taxes in 2018 or 19. You know, and just throw it out there. Be like, hey, guys, you know, um, loving your group. I just put together this free PDF that could help you fill out tax forms. Feel free to download it or not. I don't give a damn. Hey, if you have any problems, just DM me. I'll help you. Uh, that's much better approach, you know, yeah. than trying to pitch yourself. So Definitely. that's one. And the second angle to this is um, social listening in terms of you are a brand. You are on social media and people talk about you. There's different tools. Some social media agencies offer that as part of their services. You listen to what people say about your brand. You know, you can even on Google, you can set uh, alerts to when a specific keyword is being talked about in news or other websites. And then you can be reactive. And that's extremely important. You are reactive. It makes you seem Active as a brand, it makes you look bigger because you're everywhere, right? It makes you understand the problems your business might have. And it makes you understand the market. And what the market wants is what the market wants. Um, so two, two angles. You can either get sales or you can build a brand and ensure the brand, um, brand how to say this? Keep the awareness health. of uh, yeah. Yeah, the reputation of the brand. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. What do you think of those five those five social media future trends? Then? Yeah, um, <laughs> I think it's 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 just I've seen this so many times. Again, it's it's an SEO thing, right? Like people, it's the end of the year. 
everybody wants traffic. <laughs> you know, the chances that people will be searching for these things. So some of them, you know, trends where like social probably already trends to be exactly, honest. Exactly. Twenty eighteen trends. Exactly. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like social listening has been here for, you know, years now. I think the micro influencers is a big thing that okay. is popping up in 2018 and it's going to be, be very interesting to see what happens to it in 2019. Uh, that one I'm, I'm excited about personally. Uh, it will be, there will be certain shifts in the market and I'm looking forward to it. You know, I think those are good changes. Um, from the other trends, I don't even remember what they what they were. So <laughs> that is seriously disappointing. But so okay. it's the influencers I think that I'm interested in personally. Okay. One social media marketing trend for 2019: micro influencers. Yes, there, there you go. go. There, there you go. go. There you can you just go. cut out cut out the last uh, 25. Minutes. <laughs> just just think... go straight to just go straight to. I guess I should have said this. At the start. If I was to, if I well, here's a little bit of value at the end. Um, even though I feel like we've provided so much today. Um, if I was to give you an advice for 2019, and it was literally only one thing I could tell you, it would be community management. And that summarizes a lot of what we've talked about today. But please, please, please talk to the people that are interested in you or your brand or your service, product, whatever you're selling, talk to those people. You know, post content that they engage with, post content that they like, you know, learn what it is they like, ask them. Oh my God, so many times you see channels and pages, you know, with hundreds and thousands of likes and they never ask them. Like the easiest thing you can do is to post a question. You know, you might learn the harsh truth about some things, but again, that is the market. You take that on board, you improve your service or product. That's that's extremely valuable. You know, you're getting an instant reply, instant response to whatever it is that you're selling to people. So community management as a big one. Take that to 2019 and you will be better off if you do. Thank you very much, Guru Zach, for that. That's you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> no, how, how are you feeling then are you uh, a bit happier I feel depleted I feel depleted oh okay depleted right okay well, I, I wasn't expecting that I, feel... <laughs> I thought uh, I thought hearing my voice and seeing my face for a, a little a, bit a, time, a little you know, bit a little bit I feel, I, f- I feel like we've given so much value today that I think we've given too much value ladies I and gentlemen I think so I think so I think so <laughs> okay well let's, let's leave it there right oh we all we need to say before we go off, this episode was brought to you by Roman Jules. Say bye, Zach. Social first marketing agency. Bye, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> I went well, man. I'll, I'll, I'll let you take that every other time, man. That was a, a shambles. Sounds a good. Bit of a shambles there. Right, okay, Sounds ladies good. and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll speak to you again on Wednesday. Friday. Friday. Wednesday? It's Wednesday today. It is Wednesday. I'm track of the days. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you guys on Friday. Right. Chill. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.